0: The path doesn't have to be straight. We have a lot more
1: information. And your job is to have a we to, know to know why it's hard. Hard. Value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible.
0: Hi to everybody joining us today on Twitch. Uh, we are really excited to be here with you. And if you're listening to us via your favorite podcast player, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the show. I'm Sue Robinson.
2: And I'm Vanessa Alava. And we're here with Miss Elisa Walters, our recruiter,
0: uh, talent specialist extraordinaire. Absolutely. We're excited to talk to Alicia today because the topic we're going to cover is a difficult one, but a really timely and important one. And that is the bro culture in the workplace. Uh, If you are a woman in the working world, you've probably encountered some measure of this, hopefully a mild one in most cases um, of a culture that is male dominated and not very sensitive to what it's like to be a woman in that setting in that professional environment. And this couldn't be more timely because of what's coming out in the news now regarding blizzard and Activision and uh, some of the egregious alleged misbehavior on within that organization. So Elisa, practically speaking for the rest of us, how do we navigate a workplace that has a strong bro culture? Well,
1: completely timely. And I think that, um, backing up a minute to just define Mm -hmm. what bro culture is. Right. And in some of the articles that I was reading, as I was preparing for this conversation, I think that an organization, um, brief are they're an HR platform, uh, online platform. They define it as young, brash hyper-competitive men with obnoxious and toxic behavior. Uh, it's common in industries that are most underrepresented by women, and it's also, you know, the ego, the prestige, the entitlement that privileged men set t- seem to flock to. Um, another article that I was reading was on in her site, and um, there was a report that was done by women in tech that said that seventy-two percent of women in the tech industry reported having worked. At a company where bro culture was very prevalent and pervasive. Um, And in that same report, the conversations that they had with men, only 41% of men indicated any discrepancy. And that could be due to a difference in their perception. It's hard to recognize that problems when you're not the one being negatively affected and impacted by it, or you're in a position of power where you're perpetuating this This behavior, Um, and in bro culture, the reward, if you will, is this excessive partying, excessive spending, excessive just obnoxious behavior. So I think it's it is a tale as old as time, and it's bad for business, and it's bad for morale, and it's trying to change that. And I know that you know as as the mean tube movement um, a couple of years back really became prevalent. I think we are starting to see more conversations around this, but I think it's important to recognize how this starts to happen in the first place. We see it a lot in tech and with uh, a lot of startups in Silicon Valley. And I think it's because when you have this certain type of person, HR is not is not the first thing in, a, in in somebody's mind when they're trying to get something off the ground. And that is something that tends to go by the wayside. So it needs to be looked at when, when somebody who is starting a business, there needs to be more of an incentive to have that awareness about what kind of leadership needs to be in place, what kind of HR needs to be in place, because if recruitment doesn't start from the very beginning, to bring in people that are going to bring in a positive work culture, it's only going to continue to perpetuate this cycle.
2: I completely agree. Um, And this is a huge issue to unpack here. Um, The biggest thing in my brain, Elisa, when you started talking or defining um, what broke bro culture is, when you said that like 40% ish of men don't realize when they're doing this thing, it reminded me of, um, I'm going to go back as soon as we just having a conversation about the morning show. Uh, and if you haven't caught that uh, show on Apple Plus with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Curl, like stellar cast, um, you should. And it addresses a lot of these things and bro culture. But there was, there's a, and I guess this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but there is this pivotal moment couple moments in the in the show where Steve Carell's character um, is speaking to another bro about the Me Too movement and how they're so unfairly portrayed and all of these things. And Steve Carell's character has just been accused of something very, very big. But as this person is speaking to him, he's realizing, oh, wow, he's he's a predator. Like, he's done all of these things that I would never do. But later in the show... There's like this pivotal moment where he has like this aha, like, oh my God, I've done similar things and I never saw myself in that light. So he therefore sees that he's been a predator and there's this big revelation. To your point, there are more open conversations, more vulnerable conversations being had. Something else you mentioned that I think is huge here is HR and the way they approach the situation. If you make it intimidating for someone to come in and it become like, an investigation from the start, that that dissuades people from coming, coming forward because they don't want to make it a huge issue. A safe space has to be
1: created. You as a person want to feel like you're being protected and, and listened to and that they are going to advocate for you. If you are going to come forward and be vulnerable and talk about any kind of harassment or discrimination, or any of this toxic behavior you may be feeling and experiencing at your job on a day-to-day basis, you need to feel like you do have an ally who's going to listen and advocate for you within within the company.
0: hundred mm-hmm. percent. And to that point, I just want to add, and I want to take a beat for anybody listening or watching us right now. There are mostly, I believe, good guys out there in companies, and I know that many of my um, allies and friends and people I've learned from and who've supported me throughout my career. Uh, have been on the good team and and they've been male, you know, and I've certainly experienced my share of sexism too, but it's usually not a a culture thing, at least in TV news, it kind of was, but, but since then it really hasn't been. So I just, my plea is to all the men out there who might be listening to this, who do respect women and do like to have um, empowered and, and equal colleagues in the workplace who are contributing to the team and working shoulder to shoulder towards a goal Be an ally, be an advocate, and speak up if you see something, because I I do think a lot of this culture change has to come from within the community that the few small bad apples perpetrated, right? And that's the the community of men out there. So thank you to all the great men who are out there who who get it. And please speak up and continue to, to advocate for your female colleagues.
2: I'm so happy you brought that up. So you and I were on the same page because that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, can we please dive into men that are inadvertently in this bro culture that don't agree with what's happening? And Hey, I know on the opposite end, being a female, like in a room where you are the only person standing up for something or raising Mm -hmm. your hand to speak out, it's scary and it's not the popular vote. Right. And you're going to feel isolated and you're going to get the weird looks, especially if the other people in the room don't agree or have a different perspective. Um, but please know that that's so valued by your, your female colleagues. It's the right thing to do and really try to, to kind of shift that, that, that compass within that organization as much as possible. And if you see that you can't, then again, is it the organization you really want to be part of? Mm-hmm
1: yeah I, and both great call outs. i think that it's important to recognize that we're not on here saying that all men are bad no. and that are, are you know are perpetuating a a bro culture and i think it does start with if you are in an organization and you are you know that the mission behind the organization the leadership is good but perhaps it it is starting to feel like it is becoming more of a bro culture that maybe as um, a male employee, you may start inviting more of your female employees and sending their names to recruiters, to hiring managers, to help bring in that, that, um, that parody, um, you know, and, and reach, reaching the parity in the workplace um, to displace bro culture. And I think that's, that's one way that a man, a, a men can, can, you know, advocate for women in this sense and not just women, but also people who are underrepresented in general. It's important that you are looking at diversity inclusion from the start so that you're not trying to figure out how you landed in this situation where you're in a bro culture, toxic work environment. So it starts from Mm -hmm. the beginning. It starts with good hiring. It starts with making HR a priority
2: and and having open, honest conversations. Well, it's self-reflection too, right? With the company, whether whoever is at the top, it's like really reflecting on do we have an issue? What can we do to fix those issues? Have I been contributing to this unintentionally? You know, what have I what have I done in the past? What can I do to fix it? And there's always that opportunity to fix it, to do the right thing. And I think that that's what we're saying here. I'd also love about Lisa, what are the best ways to approach situations that you might be put in that make you feel uncomfortable and that you know are wrong? I think that, you know, it kind
1: of goes along with what we've talked about with effective communication, right? Because in these situations, you are going to be communicating with somebody who might be more aggressive and may not be, it it may be hard to have that conversation. So I would start with okay, self-reflection of what's going on. And if there's somebody immediately that you can have conflict resolution with, Hey, you know, I'm noticing that these are things that are happening and I'm wondering, you know, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, It makes me feel like I'm, I'm being, overlooked for certain things or whatever it is, how, what, however it's impacting you and see if you can have those conversations where you feel like there might be, you know, because that person may not be aware uh, of what's happening. And then if it's, if, if you're feeling like you're not getting anywhere with maybe your manager or this person directly, then maybe you need to elevate it and have those conversations with your HR manager and make documentation of things that are happening. Um, keep a log of, of those things so you can go to when you are ready to have that conversation, if you do escalate it to HR and say this it's going and how it's impacting me and, you know, come this with the facts and, and state how it's impacting your ability to do your job, to show up every day, to do your job. And I think, you know, when it, with us all having worked from home, it may feel like you're kind of on an Island of yourself by yourself, but I think it's really important that you still know that you do have, you do have channels that you can, um, tune in to to try to help you uh, work through some of these things. And then you're if you're feeling like you're not getting anywhere with HR, who's you know in place to support employees, um, then that
0: that that's a much bigger conversation that needs to happen. For sure. and I, I love that you said, document it. you know, as you were talking about, first have the conversation with the person who's the problem. I think that's fair, and I think that is always the right place to start. Unfortunately, when the bro culture is egregious, that person, if they thought they were doing something wrong, they probably wouldn't be doing it in the workplace. So you have that sort of built in barrier. But yes, be specific, I think would be my advice, be very specific about what happened, what the incident or the words were used, and document it in email so that you do have a a track record, and then keep the emotion out of it, which is so hard to do when you feel like in any situation where you're being treated unfairly or disrespected. But I think you will go a lot farther if you stay calm, factual, and are very specific about what it is you want to see changed, why, and write it down.
2: We always talk about preparing and almost rehearsing what you want to say and how you want it to land and getting the perspectives of your of your tribe, right? Like, you know, your family, the people that support you mentors and just say, Hey, do you mind helping me grapple with this and present myself in a way that's going to be effective? Companies are required
1: to offer sexual harassment training. I mean, as a, as an employee, you may have had to take a sexual harassment training, and maybe you want to refer back to one of those, um, courses that you've taken that they, and those, Those courses offer some robust information as well that um, of of where to go and where to start those conversations if you're just
2: not sure. It's almost putting aside what people are going to think of me. And I'm going to speak up not only for myself, but for other people when I see it because it's the right thing to do. And just keeping that as your main focus because there will be a job after that one Mm -hmm. and a job after that one and an opportunity after that one. This is not the only opportunity you're ever
0: going to hundred percent. And I, I was also going to add, be prepared to walk away. It's not fair. It's not fair that the victim should have to be the one who goes and hunts for another job because it's just so intolerable, but life is real and that's how it rolls. So I think get your ducks in a row if you're at that point. Um, again, document everything and then you give yourself permission to move on and you'll get tougher and stronger as a result of the experience, but get out of the toxic environment. I would also
1: add, you know, we talked um, a a few weeks ago about those questions to ask when you're interviewing to dig deeper. And this is one, one another reason why if you're interviewing for a company with a company, you need to interview the company too. You need to learn about how the team is managed and um, how a manager, you get get a sense of how that manager is advocating for their team, get a sense of who else is working on the team and what kind of projects and things you'll learn a lot about in those conversations. And while you may not be able to solve every issue within an organization that you're currently in, you can be an advocate for yourself and say, this is one I'm absolutely not going to be a part of. To, to Sue's point, it's you, this, the, you know, and the, the reality is it, it does exist and you don't have to be a part of it and you have to be ready to walk away when it's not serving you.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good.